Welcome to the conference championship weekend here at Campus to Cash. I wanted to, I don't know why last week I said it would be our last episode for an undisclosed time. I completely forgot, right? This is this weekend's the DraftKings like world championship, which I don't think either of us qualified for nor really attempted to. But Ethan and myself are here to talk this weekend's games. Uh, current time salaries in, in the uh, tournaments are not open. So we're just going to talk game by game what we think about the the different uh, players and obviously game script, et cetera. Ethan, how are we in uh, one of our final episodes? How are we doing? I'm uh, I'm real excited. I had the realization uh, that I that bowl season is like right around the corner. And so I don't know if you're involved in those uh, DFS bowl season games. I forget who puts those on usually, but there's usually one or two of them floating around on Twitter. So. Uh, I've got to get things ready for my my bowl season uh, DFS slates. Uh, well, from a DraftKings perspective, I play pretty much all of them. And Showdown is where I've really kind of... Showdown in bowl season is where I've made a good bit of ROI. But uh, are you talking about Zach's like bowl bash that he yeah, does? Yeah, the bowl bash. Fan fan yeah. yeah, well, he he is open to everybody joining. So I'll be sure to to share that link when he does create it. He is... He's always asking me stuff about like what do you, what I think like the settings should be and stuff, and I'm like, yeah. quite honestly, I'm like, dude, I don't care. Like, just, <laughs> just I don't care. Just make it where like the star quarterback's salary is not three thousand, and right. you know, yeah. like that type of thing. But yeah, those are always fun. Um, I've always enjoyed those. Same with like just like the typical ESPN contest where you're picking winners and points. Yeah. Uh, uh, those are always fun. bowl seasons great because of the completely random matchups. This year, I mean, we're already seeing it with the transfer portal. It's nuts. Like some teams yeah. will not, some teams will have completely shaky, shady situations at like receiver or running back, right? In years past, we've yeah. seen some weird things, right? Like, wasn't it Baylor years ago that did a wildcat against UNC? Like LSU kind of did that a couple years ago against Kansas State. Like, yep. that's the stuff that I'm looking for. You oh, know? yeah. It's going to be tons of fun. The opt-outs always make it just so bizarre, but I love it. Yeah. Uh, although I was a little bit upset when I saw Syracuse on <laughs> as bowl eligible because <laughs> it'll be so weird. Do they go back to like a normal offense or do they keep doing what they've been doing? But yeah, we shall see. So let's talk uh, bowl game or I'm sorry, bowl games. We already did. Uh, let's talk conference <laughs> championship games. Uh, quite honestly, the spreads are pretty good i mean there's nothing really to be alarmed on besides the michigan game and the night slate yeah um, the texas oklahoma state game has the largest spread at 14 and a half obviously in favor of texas but it's also one of the higher scoring games uh is this just generally speaking a, a game that you think you'll be targeting more um than the others i don't think necessarily more than the others um it's definitely you know, more than say like the Miami Toledo game. Um, and that, that SMU two lane game has a chance to get real ugly too, uh, just with injury situations that we'll talk about. But, um, you know, I think Ollie Gordon uh, is a great, obviously a great uh, option. I'm sure he will be looking at the, the slate here. I'm almost guarantee he'll be the, the highest uh, non quarterback on the slate. So um I'm really interested in what this Texas running game looks like next week. Um, it seems like last week 
and some of it may have been, you know, game script and blowout uh, potential and everything, but um, just not a whole lot from uh, from Baxter last week. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of a split we get. Um, I do think that, you know, with uh, Jadon Blue uh, getting so much run last week, and like I said, I think part of that was blowout uh, potential. But uh, I think overall, I'm not going to be super heavy on this game but I, you know the, the main players the receivers on uh, texas all have some juice for sure that and i just messaged you on the side ethan quite literally they dropped the slate i'm like so 10, excited we, we should just ago, jump so. in right now and, and, and so give our you, thoughts. yeah you guys are gonna get first reactions here and we'll do our best obviously to include pricing as we discover what's going on ollie gordon nine thousand. when you look at all all the different players he's yeah, the highest he priced running back as well as obviously a uh, receiver. So I am so uh, pumped. This is an all day slate. Oh, even They're better. including Louisville and Florida state and Michigan and Iowa on the main slate. Even better. All right. This so is wonderful. <laughs> I think we'll have to continue to go game by game because we yeah. have not been able to dig into pricing and options like that. But totally. uh, my initial thoughts on, I kind of like this as an option for me, this game, I, you know, obviously Ollie Gordon, um, one thing cons- I'm concerned about with him is uh, Texas run defense has been just much, pretty yeah. incredible. Um, the thing is, if you think this game stays close, he scores two touchdowns. Like there's just no way around it. So if you think this yeah. game stays close, you should definitely consider him, uh, you know, from a Texas. Uh, well, I'll stick with Oklahoma state. Bowman could be interesting at 6,100. Uh, you know, just, there's not going to be a lot of great quarterback options and he's one of the cheapest. He is very cheap. Uh, yeah. 6,100. Lots of receivers in play for them as well with like, you know, how are they going to utilize these different guys? Jaden Bray, I'm curious your thoughts here to break it up a little bit. Yeah. Jaden Bray comes back from injury. Uh, he used to be one of the top guys for them. He's come back, though. He's only run like 17 routes in two games. Yeah, It was like one route the first game and like 15 or 16 the second game. Do you think that's a kind of a consistent thing here with Rashad Owens and Leon Johnson being so good? Or do you think he's going to continue to see an uptick in routes? Yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit of whack-a-mole um, with the Cowboy receivers. Um, I mean, you, like you said, you've got uh, Johnson and Owens. You've also got Brendan Presley, you know, who's getting a nice target share as well. Um, I think for the most part, you know, it's hard to rely on Bray. But at the same time, it looks like he's only 3600 here. So at that price point, I'm definitely interested. You know, that's 1400 less than Leon Johnson and I guess 1200 less than Rashad Owens. Um, so I'm not sure what value looks like. You know, usually when we see these compressed slates, value is a little bit more uh, nuanced uh, just because there's, there's less options and there might be higher concentration on um, some more expensive options. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting uh, the way that that breaks out with uh, construction this week and just kind of how you want to attack it. But I'm definitely not uh, not anywhere near confident in him, but I have enough uh, belief in the talent that if you do think this is going to be a competitive game, uh, especially if you think that Texas is going to jump out early, I, I mean, you can do a lot worse for 3,600. Yeah, and, um, you know, this seems like a good situation. I mean, based on that price, it really is really a, a good Good enough option that you should have some because, yeah. like you said, the talent, 
He did score a touchdown, I think, on his only route he ran two weeks ago. Uh, you know, but like Brendan Presley has gotten an insane amount of targets at 5,500 is interesting. I yeah. think it's like seven straight games of double digit fantasy points. So, you know, he feels fairly safe even without, you know, he plays slot, which means he has no impact on the Jaden Bray return, yeah. which is good. Um, yeah. Texas is interesting for me because without knowing pricing and things like that, that Baxter Jaden blue situation was, uh intriguing right so yeah. baxter gets a hit pointer in the middle of that game last week they're also up like 50 set they're also up a ton they won by 50 right yeah so they let Jaden blue kind of run with it literally uh and metaphorically and then also like some of these other guys like savion red and some others got some good run yeah you know i think blue looked incredible this baxter injury they said hey it's a hit pointer but the game was out of hand so we didn't push it and yeah. then uh monday he really wasn't mentioned by Sarkeesian in any sort of injury report. His price is fairly cheap at 5,600. He's actually cheaper than uh, Blue. And Blue, yeah. If, I mean, if Baxter's out, I think Jaden Blue becomes an incredible play, but I don't yeah. think Baxter will be out. He'll be questionable and we're kind of sketchy on what will actually happen. Do you yeah. think like he, do you think he actually is going to be limited or do you think he'll be full strength? You know, it kind of brings it back full circle to the beginning of the year and, you know, what Sarkeesian wants to do with the backfield. You know, he was okay leaning on Brooks for the majority of the time. I feel like this is going to really force the hand of a a timeshare in some capacity, though. Um, So I, I, I definitely like the price if I had to pick one and I know that Baxter's playing, you know, I, I I like that price at 5,600 and I'd probably lean Baxter over blue. Um, but definitely something to keep an eye on because if, if uh, Baxter does miss blue instantly just shoots up with, uh, with volume. Yeah. He's not as good of a play as if he would have just been healthy. Cause it would have been like in my eyes, like less risk for him to see, see carry stolen from him. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna text, touch on Texas receivers real quick. Jutavian Sanders and Jordan Whittington in the three K yeah. range are appealing. Uh, I don't typically like Whittington personally. I don't really think he's all that great, but like he seems to be better with Ewers and he does have the outside shot of like just getting peppered. Yeah. Uh, and then S- Sanders is just super talented. You know, he's going to get usage. It's just a matter of like, can he break a bigger play slash can he find the end zone? So yeah. Do you think both those guys are interesting? You touched on Miami, Ohio, Toledo, I guess really the, there's like maybe three super relevant players here, right? You have yeah. Daquan Finn, you have Penny Boone, you have Gage Larvadan. Um, which one of the three are you most likely to have the most of? Uh, so I, I think you're, are, you, you, you glossed over Penny Boone a little bit there, but um, he's, he's probably the guy who I, I like the most out of that, that game. But uh if healthy, I think Gage Larvidane is very interesting. I'm looking at his price now. It looks like he's 5,100. Um, I don't know if we can trust him, though. The usage has just been so sporadic, and the breakout games that he had were just like monster efficiency on not a whole lot of volume. Um, but, you know, in a game that Miami, Ohio is definitely going to need some explosive plays, some big plays to kind of keep up with the the weapons that Toledo has, you know, I, I think that he's interesting. Um, what's Amos's price? So let me, let me jump over here. 
Uh, Amos could option 6,200. Okay, so he's a little bit more expensive than Jadon Blue. Um, I don't mind it. I Honestly, he seems like more of a cash game play to me, like somebody who's definitely got a nice uh, floor. Um, I think that there are probably some better options above and below his price range um, if you're looking for a boom-bust plays to kind of get that big total. Um, and then Finn, you know, He's been underwhelming. Uh, I feel like there's just been like a constant buzz of, is he maybe not 100% this year? Um, right. So that'll be interesting. You know, he put up 23.8 points the first time these two teams played. That was, uh, it looks like they were, Miami, Ohio was at home for that game. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't hate it. it. His volume has been pretty mediocre uh, this season. It looks like he's only had one game over 300 yards as well. So looking at DraftKings, you know, if I'm paying 7,800 for a guy, I probably want somebody who has a little bit more of a chance to get 300 uh, to get that bonus. But you know, your options are definitely limited this week, so I think he's he's well in play for the uh, for the slate that we're talking. Yeah, I, it, looking at the full slate of those guys that I just mentioned, you know, I can just knock out Gage immediately. You know, I don't know how healthy he'll be. Seems very questionable if he does play. Yeah. It's limited. Plus, like you kind of mentioned, like they're they've been a little bit heavy on the run um so i think amos is a cool tournament option but you know i think my focus would be more on the two toledo guys finn is like a high risk high reward type he does look injured slash uh, he's i hope he's injured because otherwise he just looks bad many right. times uh, but i think the main guy here is gonna be penny boone yeah uh, i had tweeted a bunch of different uh, stats and things for these different teams uh, yesterday, which was Monday. And Penny Boone's usage in the last two games, super small sample, has gone from like 36% of carries to like 52% of carries. Yeah. Uh, and he's just been incredible over 300 rushing yards and three touchdowns in the last two games. Small sample, but, you know, a huge player in a literally um, in a yeah. big game for Toledo. Like, I could see him getting a ton of run here and just yeah. uh, being a really big option, kind of like a poor man's version of Ollie Gordon. Um, For sure. In it, But the only thing I would mention is, you know, like maybe a guy like uh, Javon Tracy is like a super cheap guy. His usage is pretty decent, but I think Miami, Ohio is really just going to be run focused plus tournament options cheap at receiver. Um, yeah. I'm curious in this one, if Toledo wins and say Tulane loses, is there any shot that Toledo is that G5 uh, New Year's Six Bowl bid, or do we think SMU gets it? I would imagine SMU gets it. Is is Liberty not considered for this? That um, I think they would be because they're they're uh, Conference USA now, right? Yeah, so they're. I mean, they would be okay. thirteen and zero. Although I don't know, I don't. I think I think the committee or whomever wants Tulane to win it. You know, I think based yeah. on how they played last year in that bowl game, that yeah. would be like a no-brainer for them. For um, sure, definitely. But, I'm just thinking, you know, interesting storylines, and and if you know, there's any extra juice for a team like Toledo, I I do think I I totally forgot about the Friday game, so Liberty definitely would need to lose for them to have a shot at that uh, that New Year's Six. I, I think it could be tricky, though. I still think like an SMU 
I don't know how it's necessary. Is it just straight up whoever's the highest CFP? Highest, ranking? I believe the highest ranked. I don't know if they use coaches poll or does the committee still rank out uh, more than like the the full top twenty five. I you, I haven't watched one of those since it started. I know, right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm guilty of the same. So I uh, I don't know. I I would be curious though if they uh, they I, I would assume they wouldn't leave it to the coaches' poll and that they have their own ranking that they go off of. But well, speaking of potential for conspiracy theories, Boise State plays uh, UNLV in Vegas. So you know, coincidentally enough, um, what's your thoughts on this game? It has a total of 58 and a half and it's only a two point spread Boise as the favorite. So both these teams are in the mid to high twenties, which is on this slate, one of the bigger, some of the bigger uh, Vegas implied totals. Yeah. I think I'm curious to see if this Boise state team, you know, I, I'm a little surprised that the total or that the spread isn't a little bit bigger um, just because of how Boise has looked, you know, the past, three weeks or so um they've come on really strong uh to kind of wind down their season um they haven't lost a comfort or a mountain west uh game by by more than a touchdown that fresno state game at fresno state was the uh the closest one 37 to 30 and then losing at colorado state 31 to 30 so i i have my doubts about whether or not unlv is actually going to be able to stay in this one um but that the high total is is crazy, fifty eight and a half. I would not expect that at all from you know what I know about these two teams. Um, GNT is you know just a wonderful uh, beacon of fantasy goodness in this one. It seems like, but um, I'm I'm curious what your thoughts are, particularly on the UNLV offense. They've just been really average. It feels like this season. Um, with the exception of Ricky White, uh, do you have any any interest there? Is there anything that I'm overlooking on, on that spot? Uh, besides the stack of uh, Mava and Ricky White, I really don't want a piece of this. Yeah. Um, and surprisingly enough, you know, this it gets weird. You know, I, I don't think my highest on guy will be Gene T. It might be Halani of the group, right? Yeah. Um, 6,300 compared to 8,000 for Gene T is a huge gap. Yeah, I had tweeted out about how the difference in carries and usage in, you know, Halani's gotten more usage, but that includes an early game and games back where GT was coming back from injury. So it's so hard to trust what we're actually going to see out of these two. Uh, I, it might end up being a situation where I just kind of avoid them all. Um, Instead use a guy like Prince Strand, um, you know, like uh, Austin Bolt at these super cheap options. I was going to then... say Bolt's kind of interesting. Uh, he was min Sal last week and he's 33 this week. So that's definitely some savings. Yeah. I really curious to see uh, some of the different cheap receivers. And I like, yeah. I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> Sign me up for some Taylor green. I mean, he gives you what you need from a cheap running back, which is rush usage. Do yeah. they open him up a little bit? in this, you know, conference championship. And Taylor Green is going to play motivated. I have to imagine he hits the portal like 30 seconds after that game is over, right? Yeah. So I think that's an appealing option. Yeah. Um, I'm looking here. Uh, Jacob DeJesus is 3,200. And 
you know, he had a big game against Colorado State. He put up, you know, 15.4 against Vanderbilt earlier in the year. That's that's an interesting name, I feel like. Uh, I Like I said, I, I'll need to dig in a little bit more to this UNLV. Uh, passing attack, I haven't played a ton of the, uh, the later slates uh, in the last half of the season, so uh, I haven't gotten a whole lot of exposure to UNLV. Um, but that's definitely something that I'll, I'll need to go back and uh, check out before before lock. Yeah, if you're looking at DeJesus, who I think is a legitimate option due to pricing. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I think I would rather DeJesus over maybe, like, one of those super cheap Miami, Ohio guys at the very least. Yeah. Uh, because they will pass more, because they're a better offense, et cetera. But I think I would probably game theory it in my head, right? I might either do more of a UNLV Boise stack if I'm going to use, like, include multiple options in terms yeah. of, like, run back. But I would also consider, okay, if I'm not going to do that, I probably don't want to use Ricky White because that I can't imagine DeJesus not having a great game. Yeah. But also, and, like, Ricky White not having, you know, having a great game and not making Boise guys valuable, right? So I would keep that in the, in the back of my mind as well. Yeah, I think, too, you know, when you, when you start thinking about that, you also have to think about trying to get leverage on, okay, if I'm, I'm picking this low price guy, that means that, it's kind of a, uh, a this or that versus, you know, Bray at 3,600. So Jaden Bray uh, being the one that you swap in, you know, I might play a little bit more Ali Gordon with DeJesus because you're expecting maybe they're not playing Ali Gordon if they're playing Jaden Bray. Granted, I think, you know, price-wise, it would make sense to play both of them. But um, I think you're on, I think you're on the right track though. I, yeah. I would consider that as a potentially like a tiebreaker of whether or not to yeah. use it. But I would also go even further. Brendan Presley becomes a little bit more interesting, Leon Johnson, because I think in that yeah. situation, I don't see a guy using Bray and Presley. Yeah. Or actually sure. maybe not Presley, but like Owens and Johnson because they play that same wideout. But yeah, that might be a little bit too deep in terms of like positional of for the receiver, right? Does the more casual player yeah, of DFS. trying to get some arbitrage on that at least. Though. Yeah, I would keep it in mind though, because you're going to be facing guys potentially that have 20 to 150 lineups. Those yep. types will certainly have those types of things in mind, or they're using projections that are keeping that in mind. So, totally. moving on to probably the biggest game of the day, Georgia Bama. Um, before we get started, I, I sent a poll out. I'm curious your opinion, Ethan. I don't know if you answered it. I did. <laughs> I said, what number will be higher? Iowa points scored this weekend or the margin of victory by whomever wins this Georgia Bamba game. What did you vote? Uh, I went with the spread. I think that uh, I personally think Georgia is going to win by, you know, nine or 10. I don't oh. think, don't think uh, I was going to be able to put up a touchdown in that one. So. Okay. Okay. Well, spoiler alert. We don't have to talk about Iowa much later on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's your, <laughs> you think Georgia wins? Yeah, so how does how does Georgia get there? What players are being used? Who are you uh, targeting? Yeah, I think um, I am still in on this uh, Georgia running game. I think Dejon Edwards is interesting. Um, a little bit more interesting, Kendall Milton uh, at 6,600. I see he's actually cheaper by 800. Um, and he has kind of taken over, it seems like, at least volume-wise. Yes. Uh, the past uh, two weeks or so. Um, so Kendall Milton is probably going to be pretty heavy in my rotation. Um, 
I'm not afraid of rolling Carson Beck. Uh, Beck and Bowers, you know, is going to be very popular. Um, I think that, you know, Dominic Lovett even at 5,300 um, is somebody who I'm okay with, uh, especially if there's any sort of iffiness on Brock playing. I assume Brock is healthy and good to go. It's, they, I, I didn't see exactly why he was held out, but I'm seeing on DraftKings that says that it was not injury related for him missing last week. So, um, yeah, I, on. <laughs> it's weird. I, you know, I think in hindsight, we should have seen it coming, right? It's, it was probably ankle related if we're being yeah. honest, right? Like I think I heard a quote or something that to that effect of like Kirby saying, we got him out on the field and decided it wasn't like, you know, he decided it wasn't like he was good enough to go. I can't imagine what was it that could have not been injury or health related, right? Like, yeah, right. Come on, Kirby. Um, I do expect both Bowers and McConkey or Lad, right? It sounds weird to say McConkey when I can yeah. just say Lad. Uh, Lad to be back. So I think from an injury standpoint, it's pretty straightforward. You know, Rosemi, Jack Saint out of the player pool for me if yeah. those guys are healthy. Uh, but I do like Love It as like a third option as well, especially because you're going to get people on Lad and Bowers. He's kind of a pivot. If yeah. you wanted to, if that's a way that you wanted to get some different leverage. And yeah. I think, like you said, Carson Beck's a good option. He's going to be a popular option. These big games, these Georgia quarterbacks in recent years have put up some really good numbers. So there's not really a reason to be too shy. And he is cheaper than Milrow. Um, I guess 1v1, who would you pick if they were obviously exact same price? Milrow and Beck, which one would you take? Uh, you know, I'd probably go Milrow, to be honest. I think he's got higher touchdown uh, upside, a rushing touchdown upside, I'll, I'll say. Um, I I do think Georgia wins it, but I think that they win it by really going between the tackles and, and committing to that run game. So, so you're more in favor of the run game on Georgia. Makes sense. I like Milrow a good bit. Um, yeah. He had a big game last week at Auburn. Uh, let's not talk about it. Not because it just is <laughs> iffy. It gives me a weird iffy feeling um, being in attendance for that. It would have been a cool moment. But anyways, uh, he just runs a ton in these big games against ranked opponents, yeah. against Auburn when it was tight. He's going to run it 15 to 20 times. Like to me, this yeah. is going to be LSU light, right? And uh, the reason why I think it could be even bigger in terms of usage is because Jace McClellan yeah. had that kind of foot injury yeah. and they didn't really hammer Roydell Williams um, yeah. in it. So I'm curious how they attack that. If yeah. Jace is out, I guess, obviously Roydell Williams makes some sense, especially at 4k, but I think I'm equally as interested in Milrow regardless um, and even more with the injury. Yeah. Fun little aside. I uh, was, we were at a friend's house and we were about to leave and it was third and goal on the 28 or whatever. And they had the, uh, the, uh, oh gosh. Um, the penalty, uh, why am I blanking on this? I can't even, can't even think anyway. Um, it was the, it was the long play before the long play where is they had like the, yeah, there was like a the penalty uh, for th throwing intentional pass grounding. Or... I, that's I couldn't place that phrase for whatever reason. There was the intentional grounding, and I was like, "Oh, it's fourth and goal on the thirty. They're not going to score." And so we left. And I get home, and like two hours later, I see, and I was like, "Oh man, this is you crazy. missed it." 
<laughs> you got you got to learn, man. You never leave uh, uh, one of these Georgia Auburn Al- uh, Alabama games early. You can't do you can't. it, man. But yeah, I, I agree with you though on the Milrow concept. I think that Milrow um, is a good option. I totally understand why he is uh, the highest priced quarterback on this slate. Um, I'm curious if there's any if you have any inclination on Georgia and if they're uh, better or uh, worse uh, against a mobile quarterback and in, in trying to uh, contain Melrose this week. You know, I don't know if I, I think I don't, I don't have any lean. I don't have any specific data points to reference. I would just think in my head, Milrow seems to kind of make his money on scrambles, right? Um, yeah. Broken place, which he's really good at. Uh, I also think that this Georgia defense is very good, but not near the same level as years past. So it doesn't, I'm not worried about sacks or anything like that. That'll hurt his running upside. Uh, and also maybe something that doesn't matter, but maybe it does is they're going to lose their defensive back coach to Syracuse. It seems like, so Sounds does like that a... impact the passing game, uh, passing defense? So, you know, I don't know if I really answered the question there. I'm not really too concerned with the Georgia defense. Vegas certainly does not seem to be concerned with the yeah, defense too much, right? Like a Georgia defense giving up 24 or 25, like Vegas is implied would be a lot for their standards in previous yeah. years. Um, so I like, I like Bama in this one to keep it close, which means we're on opposite ends, but, uh, you know, yeah. you're probably right then. Cause I'm usually wrong on these types of things. <laughs> uh, I guess really quickly on the Bama receiver front, I think Jermaine Burton makes the most sense, but Isaiah bond is certainly up there. Yeah. Um, Kobe Prentice seems to be playing, but kind of disappeared. I don't really know. Um, let's kick it to the AAC championship where we have a backup yeah. quarterback in play. A one Kevin Jennings for SMU. What have you seen from him? If any, is there any appeal for him at 6,400? I think so. Um, I, uh, there was a game earlier in the year. Was it, I think it was the temple game that he got action in. Um, and he came in, he played pretty well. Um, looks like he also had some garbage time uh, back against Prairie View A&M uh, week three. Uh, but it, Everything that I've heard is that, you know, the staff is very comfortable with Jennings. Um, He seems to me, um, you know, I think he's explosive enough and athletic enough to move around in the pocket and navigate a tough two-lane defense. Um, I believe they had, they may still have him on their, their roster, but I think Alex Padilla is on that roster as well. And so if Jennings has shown enough uh, uh, talent to overcome, you know, a guy who's not definitely not a world beater, but at least a veteran presence in that locker room. Um, then I think that he uh, has the confidence of, of Lashley and that staff to be able to, to do some things. I don't think SMU wins this game by being conservative. I think they need to really uh, relinquish the, the reins on him and, and let him let him cook, uh, so to speak. Um, so I, I do think that he's got some good upside at the price. Um but, you know, I'm just really disappointed that we don't get Preston Stone in this one. It would be such a, a fun matchup if he was in. Padilla's the Iowa guy, right? Yep. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting way to create a vote of confidence. That feels like something I would do with, like, J.J. McCarthy. I mean, uh, I didn't think that Alan Bowman was going to be anybody, and yet look at him. Veteran presence. What and a, how he wins the, the locker room. What a shot. Legitimately, 
how? What <laughs> happened in 2023? People and now they're playing in the what? conference championship. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, uh, I think Jennings certainly in play. You know, if you want to say Padilla makes it a vote of confidence, I'm down for it. The price <laughs> is there. The you know the hard part here is like I don't know how much of a runner he is. They don't really have like a. I guess they kind of have a stack option with Russell or Russell RJ Maryland. Same thing, yeah. I guess in theory. Um, and like a Dixon who's just coming off a huge game, but you never know like who is his favorite receiver of the bunch. Who has he gotten the most reps with? I mean, yeah, he, they have like five running receivers in rotation. So he's probably gotten reps with all of them at some point because, yeah. uh, you know, ones and twos type thing. He's in play. I, I can't be against it by any means. I think, I'm probably off SMU as like a general hole, especially after how they did me with LJ Johnson, which we <laughs> talked about last week. LJ Johnson and Jalen Knight, and out of nowhere, just don't play. And Tyler Levine, out of did you made the make the joke about Levine? I feel like somebody made a joke about Levine, like I don't think it was me, but stealing the the, can, the spotlight. <laughs> sure enough, it happened. Yeah. And uh, so I don't know. I'm not touching these running backs. Instead, yeah. I'm looking what does Mackie Hughes have to do to become high priced? I mean, the guy is just essentially a hundred yard machine and he's starting to find the end zone a little bit. So they loaded him. He's a great guy, right? Great option. Too. Yeah. I, I loved, I had a ton of Mackie Hughes last week and he just crushed it. Um, so I, yeah, I'll go back to the well on that for sure. Um, do you have any, any take on, on two lanes receivers? They seem to be getting healthier which yep. makes things a little bit more difficult. I liked Brazel last weekend and he was yeah. great, you know, with Jackson out. Seems like Keys is going to be back potentially. Uh, actually, sure no, they said he's out. They said he's out. I'm sorry. So Jackson is the one that's back, just strictly him. Yeah. And that's going to impact Brazel. You know, he's yeah. going to steal some, some, some targets. Uh, I think they're priced enough that I wouldn't mind a little bit of each, but I yeah. won't go overboard. I had a lot of Brazel, so I don't see that happening at, at all. Do you have a, a vibe that you can educate me on? Um, you know, Jaquan Jackson's interesting because his highest usage weeks came when Kai Horton was in and not uh, Pratt. Um, so I am probably going to lean Brazel uh, when I'm, I'm looking at, at this as well. Um uh, you know, Jackson is interesting since Keys is out. You know, it seems like they've been at least a little bit more concentrated uh, this season than than previous seasons. Um, so I think that there's juice for two two receivers if you're going with Pratt, and I don't think many people are going to stack him with two receivers. Um, but yeah, probably. I mean, we're looking at at one of the lower uh, game totals as well, though. So I'm I'm probably not going to go that route. Yeah, and. Um... Moving to this Sunbelt Championship, this feels like a kind of a similar boat where I, I will pick and choose some spots, but this doesn't feel like it's it. Um, App State has yeah. a low implied total, and uh, Troy is a defensive team in yeah. theory. Who's the best? I guess who's the best DFS option from this game, you think? You know, I'm... <laughs> I'm a glutton for punishment and I really am interested in this Troy state passing game uh, or in this Troy passing uh, game against app state. Um, Gunnar Watson uh, is very cheap. Um, he, it looks like he's a smooth 6,000 um, and he's got two receivers who I don't mind pairing him with uh, in Barber and Lewis. 
Um, Lewis has had sporadic blow-up games and then been really quiet outside of those. Um, and Barber seems to be a little bit more consistent with his uh, his volume. Um, but I think that's probably how I'd attack this. I do have a little bit of hesitation. Same reason why a few weeks ago I was off James Madison when they were playing App State, and that game ended up being a defensive struggle. Um, it seems like this game could absolutely turn into that as well. Um, but if I'm if I'm picking a spot, I'm probably going to stay kind of contrarian and go with a like a Gunnar Watson, Chris Lewis stack, and hope that this is one of those blow up spots. Yeah, I think you're I think you're on the right the right uh lean here i lean more barber and lewis as much as like vidal projects the best he seems to be he just seems to be streaky that's a high price tag compared to some of these other options that i think i'm more comfortable with certainly can get the volume but man his like huge games were way early and he's he's been good but kind of come back down to earth more recently I am um, a little bit interested in Christian Horn. It looks like he's back and healthy. He played against Georgia State um, last week and and put up some decent points. I think he got in the end zone last week. So um, with him healthy, you know, I think that pushes Caden Robinson's usage down. Um, and so I, I might have if I'm if I'm rolling, you know, a, a Troy stack, I'm definitely going to sprinkle in some Christian Horn. I think. Yeah, his usage has gone way down more recently compared to the beginning of the season. Are you saying he's, I, you know, shockingly have not kept up on my App State games. No, yeah, you're good. What, he, uh, he was he out. banged for, up he, in and out type of thing? Yeah, he's he's been in and out with an injury. Um, I believe um, it was a lower body injury. I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, but he was out, uh, looks like week 10, 11, and 12, he was out completely with injury. Um, but he's had, you know, some, some definite blow up spots. It looks like Louisiana Monroe, Southern Miss. Um, and then that's pretty much his, his highlights, but he was over 33 in both of those points or in both of those games. So, um, I feel like this could be a a week where they need to lean on the passing attack. Um, I also don't mind a little naked Joey Aguilar too. I think that that's an interesting, uh, uh, play. I think a lot of people are going to avoid Troy's defense, and for good reason. Um, but like I said, if 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 I'm rolling a Troy stack, that means I think this game is going to be competitive. Um, and I think that you know, for that to be done, I don't think App State's going to be able to do it on the ground. I think it's going to come through the air. Yeah, I would agree on, on the Aguilar car call. Weeks and weeks ago, he was on a sleigh, and I called him more of an efficiency play. But the last two weeks, 82 passing attempts. So yeah. consider me way in on something <laughs> like that. Right. Uh, and I think I wouldn't stack them, but I might consider a, a sprinkle of an option at App State here and there um, just to kind of help. Uh, you know, Nate Noel, real quickly, didn't play. Nobody knows why last week. What a shocker. Yeah. Uh, if I don't know if we're going to get any sort of clarity here, but like if he's out, Kanye Roberts is the only guy there. He's kind of appealing, but yeah. I wouldn't force it. I I think I would try to have a little bit of him, a couple percentage, yeah, uh, of, of him. But I I would I certainly wouldn't force it. Um, yeah. Moving on, we made a lot of games because they, like you said, they included Louisville, Florida State in the Michigan game. Uh, I think I think this would be a good point to pause and just remind everybody that 
on slates like this, and we're going to have a lot more of them in bowl season, that late swap is such a huge advantage uh, on these full day slates. Um, and having a few pieces of the late games so that you can maneuver in the flex spot and the super flex spot is going to be pretty great. Uh, the downside here, and, and we'll talk about it, is some of these options are kind of gross. Um, but I think that there's enough goodness that we can find, you know, one or two guys to keep there so that we have some flexibility in our rosters. Yeah, that's a great call out. Um, make sure you're using your late guys in the correct positions, flex and super flex, obviously. And then do the math. It helps, you know, like when you're getting towards the top, it does help you kind of build your, you know, finalize your roster in terms of like, okay, well, it's 7.30 and the game starts at 8. Should I go with Blake Corum or should I try to figure it out? Because you can figure out the math and then say, okay, well, am I cool with getting second place or do I want to go for it and try to get first knowing that yeah. he's got quorum type of thing. So keep that in mind. Uh, looking at Louisville, Florida state. I don't know, man, this is, <laughs> there's good players, but they're all sketchy to me. Like yeah, every single one of these guys is sketchy. Jawar Jordan, uh, Garendo has been good in the past with sketchy thrash Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson with this Rodemaker at quarterback. It is thrown this Florida state, for a loop. And then the Jawar Jordan injury has made everything crazy too. Well, I guess maybe which one do you feel more confident in Jordan or the FSU passing game? Um, neither. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I think I'm going to have the most exposure in this game to Jamari Thras. or yeah, I think that he's the guy who, if anybody's going to break out in this game, I think that we need to assume if we're going to be in on this game, we need to assume that Florida State is able to score with Rotomaker. And I think that that comes on the ground. So I think that, you know, Benson is well in play. Um, and then if you're running Benson, I absolutely want Jamari Thrash in there. I think Jamari Thrash is a good upside play anyways, because I, I honestly like Louisville's shot in this game quite a bit. Um, I think that they have a, a good opportunity. They have an insane matchup on defense. Um, but I, I really think that looking at this passing attack, we've seen Jake Plummer uh, or Jack Plummer have some just rabbit out of a hat performances late in games. And I feel like we're going to get some magic from him again. And I think Jamari Thrash is a good bet to go over 100 yards. Um, and in a tough matchup, I, I really like the passing attack and he is the passing attack for Louisville. Yeah. I think we could see him get force fed, which yeah. early on in the season, he kind of saw that. And then, you know, these big games, big moments, like they win and they can secure the orange bowl for sure. Yeah. I think they probably make the orange bowl. Well, I guess I don't know. I don't know the sem semantics behind that, but to secure that orange bowl bid would be pretty big for Brom and them. So does he just Huge, hammer yeah. the, the, the big players here? So I like thrash Jawar Jordan is a guy that I think, yeah, I think you just have to pray. You play him <laughs> a little bit and pray. I wouldn't go heavy on him. I think my favorite play in the game is Trey Benston. Yeah. Who coming off a three touchdown game. Do, do they really hammer him? They've seemingly started to use him more recently but it's not a consistent thing so it's hard to really 
get a grasp on that usage situation. But yeah. I like Benson. Um, I think he's got the upside of anybody, like any other running back, as we saw last week. Um, yeah. He just, you know, like, are they going to hit 100 yards rushing? Like, I, he's done it once, and it was 200 yards against Virginia Tech on 11 carries. So, like, that's the only thing I have a question mark on. But um, Plummer has been good. Um, nothing overly special, but, you know, he does have a ton of experience. He's getting good enough usage on the ground and through the air, obviously. And he's been really pretty good the last couple of weeks. So I can see why you would want to consider him against Florida State. Do you know, I didn't watch the game at all last week for Florida State. Did they do any any Wildcat quarterback? Because I'm looking at the Rotomaker stat line and he struggled. I did not. I was driving back to Atlanta, so I did not watch really any yeah. of it. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they did some Wildcat. That would make a lot of sense. I'll tell I you feel that. like especially towards the goal line, I feel like Trey Benson wildcat option opportunities. It could be huge. Uh, I assume that they'd use, he's the bigger body, I believe compared to Toa Feely. So um, yeah, he's, I mean, he's a pretty large man. Yeah. Uh, Toa Feely a little bit more relevant in the past game, but yeah, yeah. I think around, that's a good way to think about it. There's a possibility that he sees an increase in goal line usage, which is obviously a huge plus for DFS, but yeah. Wrapping up the slate, which I, is this the first time DraftKings has done something right? I think if you're going to do a way to do the slate, it's all game or all the games. Yeah. Um, so props to them. Props in turn. You, you did it correctly on the last week possible. <laughs> uh, I quite honestly think there's one player that is usable more than 4%. Blake Corn. Yeah. I, I Honestly, I like J.J. McCarthy this week. To be completely honest, dude, I don't, man. You know, I'm so close to it that I just don't know. Tell me why you like JJ, and I'll tell you. I'll be the devil's advocate. So Harbaugh's back, right? That's yes. That's the big thing. Now, Moore obviously did a great job calling plays and doing everything he needed to do. But this, as much as I hate it, and as much as I am so sick and tired of the Michigan swagger uh, that they have you know that they're going to come out and try and put up 60 on, on, on Iowa. Like they are just going to, I really think, and this could be the downfall of Michigan. Like if there's any reason why Michigan could possibly lose this and Iowa wins the big 10, it's because they come in and they're, they're looking to put up 60 on, on Iowa. But I think that JJ is going to throw it early. Um, and I think that, there's a chance that we're looking at the, you know, halftime stat line for JJ and he's got four passing touchdowns and 300 yards already. Um, it's yeah. I, I don't see the way that Michigan attacks against Ohio state and Penn state is they out, they out bully them. They out muscle them because that's their advantage. They're so set up for this big 10 because when they face a team like Iowa, they have the athleticism on the outside and at quarterback to beat them with just pure athleticism. And so I think that that's what we're going to see. I don't think that they're going to lean on quorum as much. Um, I think that they're going to throw it a ton. And I think McCarthy is a great option this week. Well, you sold me. Ethan. No, <laughs> uh, I think there's here's, we can talk about here are the different variables in play that, that have me lean towards your thinking and then lean against it. Right. Yeah. So, 
I mean, first off is the coaching situation, right? Did, did Sharon Moore go run heavy for the bully ball purposes, but also because he was timid as a play caller? Possible. Harbaugh's Fair. back. Harbaugh loves running up the score in the Big Ten Championship. We've seen it for years. Yeah. And if there's anything that Harbaugh and the offense wants to do, it is to make a big splash, right? I think there's a as much as it's pro, as much as it's very not likely not warranted, they feel they have a target on their back. What way to tell the world to f off other than to put up fifty in the bowl game uh, in the championship yeah. and get the trophy from the commissioner, right? the The counterpoint to that would be: Are they going to play a little bit more long game? Um, and keep JJ healthy. There has been issues with it seems like an ankle and because of it, we really have not seen him run. I thought he would run a decent bit in these games against Penn state and Ohio state. And um, previously he just really hasn't recently, but you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they, if I don't know four touchdowns and 300 yards, but a buck 80 and three touchdowns at half is certainly possible. And then, you know, you know, that's where it goes. It is a tough situation because I think if you think your original line of thinking, Ethan McCarthy is a great value. I shouldn't say great value. He's a great play. Roman Wilson's in play. Colston Loveland could be the best play of the weekend for like points per dollar. Cornelius Johnson at 4,200 is a better option than like all those Miami, Ohio receivers. Right. But if you were not correct, then they're all worthless. Like they basically <laughs> yeah. all go to like three points. So no. not saying it's one way or the other. I'm just saying that's the view there. The other side is Corum could see 25 carries guaranteed 20 fantasy points yeah. at least. Uh, I will tell you one guy I'm off regardless is Donovan Edwards. Yeah. You know, they have really tried to use him a little bit more than usual or I should say the more in the previous weeks because of this bully ball situation. And he's gotten 52, 39 and 31 yards. He's not even being used in the receiving game, five receiving yards for two catches in the last three games total. I'm off on him completely shifting over to Iowa. Is there anybody there? Anybody Bueller? There is one name when it comes to Iowa that I think we need to point out. And that is Chris K because you are one of the few people who I remember talking at the beginning of the season that oh. Iowa Big Ten champion uh, that that future uh, was a a great call out and somebody I'm I'm sure was out there listening and put that money down and will have a uh, great shot to cash out hopefully before kickoff because they should not. Uh, they should not hold on to that that ticket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I wonder how much they you could even cash out if you have something like that. Let me know because I'm curious. <laughs> when I talked, I was on the Pat Mayo show, and this yeah. is one of my finer moments. I talked about overs on Iowa, which hit, but I'm also bet on. I said plus twelve hundred for Iowa, uh, pretty nice. I don't think it's going to happen. You can't hedge it, but maybe yeah. you can cash out. That would be cool. Um, you know, I thought you were going to go somewhere else with that, but I appreciate that, Ethan. Uh, if there's one guy I would consider in this off, two guys I could consider in this offense, it's Caleb Brown, receiver. He's been he was banged up last week, so make sure he's healthy. Thirty four hundred, and then uh, Ragiani, the other receiver, yeah. thirty two hundred. I mean, like 
this is like I need some random different late gameplay. If you, you know, those are the this is the late swaps. If you're if you're buried, yeah, yeah, that's what I was literally gonna say. Is if you're in a weird spot where you need to late swap and you know you have the same as another guy, and whether it's a head to head or in a tournament, and that's where you're at in life. You know, those are the two guys that are going to see heavy volume. I don't see the tight ends being all that effective because uh, I just don't think like they're kind of valuable in in a sense in in DFS because they're just like heavy volume, uh, yeah. but they're not the athletes that like Laporta and Lachey and Eric All and these other guys were to kind of combine those two together. So I would just avoid those personally. Also, how much of a bummer is it that we don't get a McNamara Eric All revenge game this week? I- I mean, considering the spread would be like twenty if that happened, I would. I'm. I'm not mad about it, but they seem to be pretty cordial in weekly quotes. So maybe. I mean, it would. It would be fun for non-Michigan fans. But uh, all right, so let's uh, let's do the age-old question. Are you're not forcing two quarterbacks? Are you? I don't think so. Um, I didn't get a great look at pricing, but just from the the glance at the way that quarterbacks are broken down and knowing that, you know, Jennings on SMU and Gunnar Watson are pretty cheap options that I feel okay enough with. Um, I don't think that there's going to be any issue with getting a, uh, a two quarterback lineup. Um, that being said, it looks like there's a decent amount of volume kind of all over the place. So um, I will likely be plugging in, you know, cause I'm, I hand build, so I'm, I'm not going to, uh, force two quarterbacks, but I'm pretty sure I will have, you know, 18 to 19 in my 20 lineups of, uh, two quarterbacks. Yeah. I'm, I'm torn because I think you can fit them in. I just don't know if I want to fit them in. Yeah. Um, I will not force it, but I, I would be pretty close, you know, like for 20 lineups, I probably have. 15 uh my thought there is like i'd rather penny boone you know i think a guy like milton mackie hughes i think there's a lot of good running back options yeah and that helps me lean towards not forcing it but I, I, at the end of the day it's a quarterback right it's hard yeah. not to to do it i don't think every running back is awesome and the receiver I will group say- is a little thin yeah, I will say if this was just the original six games that we thought it was going to be, I would be a lot more open to it. Um, but eight games, I feel like, is enough that there's going to be enough variance. And I, I feel like there's going to be two quarterbacks that definitely pop enough to require two quarterbacks to hit that max uh, ceiling. But you you do bring up a great point. There is a lot of running backs out here that are – very interesting. Yep. Do you have a, any, any, uh, who's maybe the highest on upset alert of all these guys? Um, not Michigan, you know, it, it's not even a, a huge upset even, but I, I really feel like Alabama has the best shot to, uh, to beat the odds. Um, I think SMU is another interesting one. It's I I mean it's boomer bust. It's either going to be an unwatchable game or it's going to be a really fun game to watch, just depending on how Jennings is able to to step into that situation. But um, it'll be interesting. And you know, I don't hate the fact that SMU gets a chance to kind of see what they have in Jennings as well. Uh, in the the era of transfer portal, I I do think Preston Stone is pretty secure being a legacy guy. But 
he's got to be a guy who's getting some uh, some pull in the portal. Yeah, um, I think I agree with you. Bama is underdog and probably has the best bet, you know, best chance at it. Um, but I don't know. Give me Mike Gundy and a running back like Ali Gordon. Ian's. I think it's possible. I don't. I don't love it, but at that that number is pretty big to me. You know, you have to get a full two touchdowns. And so, I mean, Gundy, he is a man, and he's probably close to fifty. So, you I, think he's I, closer to fifty or closer to sixty? He might. You know, it's been a while. I. I was just gonna say, I'll, I'll look it up real quick. What do you? I mean, twenty ten was what three years ago. So. <laughs> 2010. I, I think he's closer to 50. I think he's probably like 53, 54. He is 56, so he's closer to Ooh. 60. Who's Time. closer to who's closer to 50 or 60? Jimbo or is Jimbo Fisher closer to 50 or 60? Oh God. I it has to be 60, right? Is this a track? Yeah, he's 58. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That was just something random that came up on the drive home. And so there we are. <laughs> awesome. Well, hope you guys enjoyed uh, this week's pod. It, we went from uh, just talking about the games to actually having pricing right in the middle of it. So you guys got to see the firsthand our impressions of it. Enjoy the weekend's games. If you have an Iowa futures ticket from preseason, I'm very curious what that cash out option is. So please let me know. Uh, but yeah, enjoy the games. Have a good time.